0: and the resilient women that are working towards the future that they want to build for themselves and their families. Hello and welcome to the Shannon New Crazy Daisy podcast and today I am joined by Fiona Sanderson from Miss S Accounting for Purpose. I can't wait to hear about this. Um, Fiona thank you so much for being involved in Shannon New Crazy Daisy volume three and on the podcast please tell us about your book. Um, please tell us about your business. <laughs>
1: Hi, Trudy. Thank you for having me here today. I'm Fiona Sanderson, as Trudy said, co-owner of Miss S Accounting for Purpose. We have a small accountancy purpose um, down in the south of Hampshire, and we work with community interest companies, charities and creatives. We're, We're passionate about empowering our clients. Sorry, Trudy, cut, yeah. I'm cutting you off there. Um, by making numbers make sense and using this knowledge to help them
0: build successful and sustainable organisations. We're going to come back to all of that because it sounds amazing. But first of all, you talk about in the chapter that you were diagnosed with ME and fibromyalgia. But what does it look like to and feel like to finally get a diagnosis after having it for so long? I was really,
1: really lucky. Mm-hmm. I got a diagnosis for, uh, of ME after just six months of being um, unwell mm-hmm. um, and fibromyalgia a short while after that. Many people go years without a diagnosis mm. and that's primarily because GPs are uh, thinking that they're malingerers or it's all in the head um, and diagnostics are still all, almost impossible with these conditions. Mm. I do remember the day in January, um, dark day in January 2002, when my GP told me I'd got ME. It oh, was such a relief, it really was, to have a label. It didn't make any difference to my symptoms. Mm. Um, there wasn't much in the way of treatment other than management just there still isn't um but just to have a label meant that I could google yeah I could find support groups uh whether they were online or in real life and it made
0: oh, it made such a difference because I knew that it wasn't all in my head yeah that's the thing isn't it well um, I've been talking I've just been at a conference talking about labels and and in this case it is almost so important to be able to put a name on how you feel because otherwise it does sometimes get to the stage where is this all in my head am i making this up am i blowing it up so it must have been a real revelation to you to finally have something that you could that you could see how to manage things
1: yeah absolutely i mean my younger sister has emmy as well she's got it a few years um ahead of me so when i got ill I kind of suspected that that's what it was because i was seeing the similarities and the symptoms. Mm-hmm. But until you get that label from a, a medical professional, um, mm-hmm. you don't know. And am just giving gallons and glad- gallons of blood for testing this, that, and the other and everything coming back normal. Well, just because it's normal doesn't mean I feel healthy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. 20 years on, there's still a huge level of disbelief in some sectors of the uh, medical profession. Um, But I think we're going to see changes um, in the next few years because of um, long COVID. Yeah. Because it's so similar in terms of symptoms. So although I don't, I don't wish anybody to have long
0: COVID, it's quite fortunate from us people with ME. (laughs) Yeah, There's been research and things done around it. I think it also gives you the ability to better manage your time and your business Um, when you you know what your capabilities are whether you push it to the limits or not is another thing (laughs) you know me too well Trudy (laughs) but it does help it must help to be able to think I I don't just feel tired I need to stop
1: yeah it's taken me a lot of years to learn how to pace um, sensibly Mm -hmm. and still I don't always listen to my body but I know what I ought to be doing and I do try to do it most of the time
0: yeah Brilliant. So then you talk about meeting Tracy and starting a business together and what a great part of your life that was. But why did you both decide to create a business around helping charities? Yeah, Oh, she definitely did and had, and continues to
1: make a huge difference to my life in so many ways. Um, when, um, as it says in my chapter, when we met, um, she engaged me to work as a finance manager in an um, uh, arts charity. That she was ops director for, um, and at that time, which is 2012 2013, there were huge cuts being made in funding. Mm. And this particular arts charity lost 52% of its funding, just one day it was there, the next day it was gone. Mm. Um, and um, another charity, arts charity, lost 100% of theirs, um, so it was tough. Mm. Um, but being Finance people, and um, both of us had been in accounts since, since school. Mm. Um, we could model numbers, we could forecast, we could do all these different things with the numbers that could help other organisations. Now we could have picked any sector, um, but because we we were working in charity um, and had that specialism, and I'd worked in Tracy'd worked with that one for seven or eight years, and I'd worked in another one previously. So, we had quite a lot of insider knowledge, so to speak, yeah work finance with charities. Um, so we knew the nuances, the differences about finance and charities compared to finance and a regular limited company um, and um so we thought the the idea originally was um, because back office um functions were being cut in order to save money for the charitable operations Um, so that was HR it was marketing it was admin it was everything was being cut Um, and then volunteers were being brought in and having volunteers doing the bookkeeping is just a nightmare because they don't hang around long quite often then you get somebody else in who does it differently and none of them know what they're doing really so we thought if we set up a hub um of professionals from different fields who were all charity savvy um, the charities could then um use the resources as needed without the commitment uh, required around employees it's kind of a way of charities being able to outsource to experts who knew the sector well uh, so that was our plan yeah Would we just um we got started doing the accounts and finance and what have you, because that's what we knew when we started building a network of other charity professionals that we could bring in. Mm. But we just got so busy with what we knew, which isn't unsurprising, really, or isn't surprising, I should say, um, that we didn't get any further. We didn't build it build the business round to the other sectors, um, it's something that we may still do. Um, But we have built a fantastic network that grows almost by the week. Charity professionals who we can refer clients and non-clients alike to.
0: So we've kind of done it. It's the brilliance of the name of accounting for purpose. And also that charities probably have nuances that we don't know about in running a business compared to running a charity. There's lots of other things that are involved and they need the help in uh, i would think structuring things in a way that is is different to any normal business that that you're an expert in and i think that's absolutely yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and community interest companies they kind of almost sit between charity and a limited company
0: um
1: and they're different again and we've built up that knowledge and um yeah so we can help them directly Mm. where a regular accountant may not and we've seen examples where community interest companies have had ridiculous corporation tax bills um where if the accountant had understood the sector a lot of it could have been avoided wow it is what it is unfortunately
0: (laughs) your chapter is says that you never wanted to be self-employed so (laughs) now that you have been self-employed for a number of years how do you find it now
1: i'll admit there um are still many days when i would um Claim. I still don't want to be self-employed. <laughs> it's it's not a Monday to Friday job with regular hours, um, and if you're not careful, your evenings and weekends all get taken up. Um, and it's a lot of responsibility. Accounting, uh, accountancy is such a heavily regulated industry. Um, tax rules change all the time as well, and um, heaven knows, in the last eighteen months, we've had so many different new things to digest and learn ourselves so that we can then explain to the clients all related to COVID and everything and processes change and everything um, and many of our clients aren't interested in finances they're passionate about what they want to deliver mm. um, so it's hard work it really is mm. but the flexibility is fantastic it, it's such a bonus I know that if I wasn't self-employed with my continuing health challenges, I'd be unemployable. I'm too unreliable, or rather, my health is too unreliable
0: yeah.
1: um, for any employer to want to take me on. They'd be daft to. They they wouldn't know when I'd be in and when I wouldn't, yeah. or how much work I could get done on any one day. Mm. Um, so the flexibility is perfect for me. I think most self-employed people feel that way, but I think in particular, um, it it works for me and anybody else with. Um, chronic health conditions but overall being self-employed it gives me a purpose it gives me a sense of value Mm. Um, which when you're 20 years on with having an illness Mm. you can start feeling very down about it Um, but I know that um, the people I share my knowledge with whether it's um, in a community interest Facebook group, for instance, where I'm going live. I mean, imagine me going live in, <laughs> on Facebook, sharing finance tips um, or explaining a client's accounts to them. They really appreciate it. Yeah. They really love what we do for them. And that's truly heartwarming. So, um, yeah, there's many days I'd say no self-employment. But realistically,
0: it's the right, absolutely the right thing for me. That's perfect. And this is the thing about having these conversations: is it's not all rainbows and unicorns, right? It's it's the ups and downs, and there are always going to be those days that we question everything and think, "Oh, I wish someone would just employ me." But for a lot of us, we are unemployable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's one lesson that you've learned that you would want every entrepreneur to know? Um, It has to be: don't try and do everything yourself. Mm -hmm.
1: As soon as you what you know your own skills don't try to be a marketer and extraordinaire if you're a bookkeeper
0: mm-hmm.
1: or if you're a, a, the most disorganized person who gets engrossed in you're in working on whatever it is that you do. Don't say that you're going to get, don't put pressure on yourself to get all your admin done, uh, social media posts and everything. There are so many experts out there. So many self-employed people like yourself, but who are experts in different areas. Yeah. They're just waiting to help. So make your life easier by, get in their help sooner rather than later. Perfect. It'll make all the difference. And and we we haven't done that. We've made a rod for our own backs and we're only just getting around to doing it. So it's definitely, I've tried it, done it the wrong way. Now I'm telling
0: you to do it the right way kind of scenario. Yeah. That, but yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Um, and what's your favourite book? My favourite book? Um,
1: business book, it has to be Eat That Frog. by Brian Tracy yeah um it's such a simple premise it really is and it's just really it's just about doing that horrible task first Mm -hmm. get that one done uh, first in the day um and then everything else is gonna feel hunky dory it's gonna be such a nice day you feel productive Um, absolutely and it's such a sense of achievement as well um so it's an old book and it's a simple premise but I love it. It works. Because of that probably it does it works. It doesn't give me lots of complicated theories and that sort of thing. Um it's yeah,
0: does what it says on the tin. <laughs> Eat that frog. <laughs> Eat that frog. Yeah. <laughs> Anna, thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing the interview, being in the book and talking about purpose and charities in a way that makes you feel like that even though you may not have wanted to be self-employed, it's given so much to you. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please leave a review and come back for more inspiration. And if you're ready for more motivation, please go to my website and buy the Shine On You Crazy Daisy series of books with inspirational and motivating stories from businesswomen around the world. But wait, there's more. Come and join the Shine On You Crazy Daisy membership for knowledge, accountability, networking, co-working and support. We will give you the knowledge that you need in a workshop, And the support and encouragement to implement for the growth of your business. More details are available on my website, thedaisychaingroup.com.